I am so sorry for the technical difficulty this morning. Uh, just to give you a little giggle, I've been sitting here talking to nobody for the last five minutes. So um, we just found that out. So I'm glad that you stayed on and that you were diligent in, 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 in uh, waiting for coding and coffee this morning. You know, today I've been thinking about the fact that our rack audits have continued and uh, we're adding to the OIG work plan. And I wanted to talk to you about modifiers. So because that seems to be one of the most misunderstood concepts when it comes to coding or the modifiers. And I know that I've been in a lot of practices and I've talked to a lot of people and it seems like modifiers are used to get it paid right? And that's not really the right way to be doing things, is it? It's not the most compliant way to be using modifiers is to just get paid. So let's understand a little bit about modifiers. Um, so modifiers are two-digit. Um, they could be alpha, they could be alphanumeric, or could they could be just numeric in nature. And the whole purpose of modifiers is to explain to a payer or to report to a payer that a CPT code or procedure that was done was altered in some way. So we use the modifier to explain what that alteration could be. Now, the CPT code itself has to be intact. So we have to make sure we're reporting the correct CPT code before we even go to what is the correct modifier to add to that CPT code. So make sure you're checking and you're double checking your CPT code. Um, another thing that we want to check is the NCCI edits. And maybe that's something we'll talk about on another day is how to identify those NCCI edits. Um, and then lastly, part of the fee schedule, you'll be able to see which one of these CPT codes is eligible for modifiers at all. So uh, there's a lot of little components that are all um, contributing to use of modifiers. And I wanted to share with you that some modifiers, those are going to be specific to CPT codes. So for instance, modifier 24 modifier 25, modifier 57. Those modifiers can only live on C on ENM codes. So you're never going to use a modifier 25 on a surgical code or a radiology code. Modifier 25 only goes on our evaluation and management codes and only when there was another separately identifiable procedure or service that was reported on the same day. So let's break that down. Usually what we see is there's an evaluation and management done on today's encounter and a procedure was done on today's encounter. And in order to understand where there might be some overlapping, we need to look at the that surgical procedure or that procedure code that is being reported. And we need to go back to the very beginning, again, to our guidelines and look in our surgery guidelines. Those are the green pages in our CPT book that is right in the beginning of that surgery section. Um, and there are other guidelines out there for us, but that's where you're going to find your main guidelines. Uh, the LMN matter from Medicare, from CMS, there's also a global surgery LMN that you can look at. And it's going to give you pretty much the same thing CPT does, um, except it does go into detail as to what supplies are included in a surgery. Anyway, 
I digress again. Let's go back to this. So as we're looking at that surgical package, right, the surgical package includes things like an evaluation and management of the condition. Let's think about that. No provider ever goes into any type of surgical procedure, be it a minor surgical procedure like a trigger finger injection that I got this morning, or maybe it's something major. Every provider always evaluates the situation. What, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And is this the most appropriate treatment for this visit? right? So there is that component of the global surgery package. Um, also, uh, using anesthesia. So that local anesthesia to numb something. Uh, we're not barbarians. We just don't go cutting on people willy-nilly. We anesthetize them first, uh, local with most of our surgeries. Um, that way we know that the patient isn't feeling anything. Um, and then lastly, one of the other components is that uh, post-operative package. And even if there's a zero-day global, it's assumed that there are some post-operative instruction, at least, that is given. So um, again, I had my trigger finger today and my provider, he advised me very, very quickly that uh, I'm going to be numb for a few hours. Uh, I won't start to feel anything for maybe another 24 hours, and then my relief will come at that point. So that's that post-op instruction that was included. So we have to understand that when we're reporting modifier 25 with a procedure, we are saying that that initial evaluation and the decision of how to manage that particular condition is completely separate than the procedure that was done because there is a component in the surgical package to evaluate the condition. So somebody said to me once, hey, Christine, what if you took and you carved out or you cut out the entire surgical procedure that happened, whatever that procedure is, and now you're just looking at the evaluation and management. Does that evaluation and management have a medically appropriate history and a medically appropriate examination? And then is the level of medical decision making, does it stand alone from that surgical procedure? So you really need to look at that and make sure that you can answer those questions, yes. If I carved out the surgical procedure from the progress note, do I have all of those individual components supporting themselves? So think about that next time you add modifier 25. You don't always have to have a separate diagnosis. It could have the same, the, the procedure and the ENM could have the same diagnosis. However, remember, when you're looking at this evaluation and management visit, is it separately identifiable from the, the surgical procedure or the other service that was done on that day? Can you cut out and carve out that procedure or that service and there would still be a standalone evaluation and management? So that's when we start looking at modifier 25. Um, another modifier that gets used quite a bit is modifier 59. And 59 gets used because when you have two procedures that are done on the same day, both procedures are subject to the global surgical package. And so we would be double dipping into that surgical package if procedure number one had the same evaluation and management as procedure number two. 
or if the local anesthesia for procedure one was also used to perform procedure two. So I always like to say, um, when we start talking about modifier 59, let's, let's look at our shoulders, right? Let's say that in my right shoulder here, that um, I have a little bit of arthritis in my right shoulder and um, it is, it's bothering me. And, and in the past, we've done a, an injection of steroids and it made me feel better. Now, let's say that on my left shoulder, the bursa is full of fluid. I overdid it at the gym and now I have a, a secondary problem on the other So there is one evaluation of my arthritis. There's another evaluation of my bursitis that has fluid on it. My provider decides that on my right shoulder, he's going to give me an injection of uh, an arthrocentesis injection of steroids. So he anesthetizes the area, he cleans the area of my right shoulder, he, he draws up the right solution of medication and finds the joint site and he injects the steroid into my right shoulder. So what the words that you're looking for are different. We did a different procedure on a different shoulder for a different reason. And then we move over to the other shoulder here and he evaluates this shoulder and he makes the decision that he's going to withdraw the fluid in the bursa to provide me with relief. So again, we're going to do an arthrocentesis. However, there's a separate evaluation of this shoulder. There is a, a different evaluation of this shoulder. They're going to anesthetize this shoulder. Now, you know that the anesthesia from this shoulder didn't travel over to this shoulder. So we're doing a whole new local anesthesia on this shoulder. Now he's going to inject a needle into the bursa and he's going to remove that fluid from the bursa. So again, different problem, different shoulder, different evaluation, different anesthesia that's used. We have all these difference. And so modifier 59 would be appropriate on the second procedure that was reported. Okay, so the first procedure goes as is, the second procedure gets the modifier 59 because it's all different, correct? Now, let me give you another scenario for modifier 59. Say that um, I, I got a laceration. I'm in the garden and something fell and I get a laceration. And, um, you know, say that it, it's a deep laceration and I go to my primary care doctor, I go to the urgent care doctor, to the ED, and the decision is made there to go in and do a repair. However, um, this particular repair needs debridement done also because there's dirt in it. It's very deep. It's going down into the subcutaneous tissue. And so we're going to do two procedures at the same time. We're going to do a repair, but we have to do a debridement also. But this is the same injury at the same site. We're going to use the same anesthesia to numb the area. We're going to have the same post-op instructions. And so because it is the same, 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 modifier 59 would not be the most appropriate modifier for the two procedures, the repair and the debridement, that would not be the most um, advantageous modifier because it's not supported that there was anything different. So usually in my CPT book, um, I make a, a highlight of the word different 
for modifier 59. Modifier 59 is for a separate procedure that is different from another procedure that is reported. Um, basically meaning that those global surgery components, they're not overlapping each other. They're not uh, double dipping in those two areas. So that's when we're gonna use that modifier 59. There, there are other modifiers that we use. Modifiers, um, when a service has both a professional component and a technical component to it, and we're only going to be doing one of those components, then we should be reporting the appropriate professional component modifier or technical component modifier based on what, um, you know, who's doing the reporting? Is it the technical side that is doing the reporting of the code or is it the professional component that's being reported for the code? There are also modifiers that are used when a service or procedure is reduced or increased, right? So say that, uh, for instance, a colonoscopy where they're able to advance the, the camera all the way through the transverse, but when they get close to the cecum, not quite to the cecum, they noticed that there was um, uh, debris there. There was, there was fecal matter and they weren't able to get to the cecum and see the cecum. Well, the patient was already brought in. They were given the proper anesthesia. They were, the camera was, you know, the procedure had begun. The procedure was done. There was some evaluation there. You know, that might be a reduced or discontinued procedure. Um, you'd have to check your CPT code depending on whether it was a diagnostic colonoscopy or a therapeutic colonoscopy as to which modifier might be appropriate. But that's a good example of the fact that modifier would be needed to indicate that that procedure was reduced from its original description in the CPT code. Um, maybe only one part of a procedure was done. And so you would need to have a modifier that would indicate that only a part of the procedure or the service was performed. Or maybe this is a bilateral procedure and the term bilateral or unilateral is not included in the CPT code. So you would need to add that modifier there to indicate that this was a bilateral procedure. Um, another scenario where you would use the modifiers would be if a service or procedure was performed only one, more than once. So say that you had to repeat the same procedure at the same time. Um, again, maybe you were, were doing arthrocentesis like we were doing here, and it's the same procedure, but it is being done more than once. So you would need a modifier to indicate that. So lots of different reasons why we would need modifiers to indicate that a CPT code was altered or it was uh, changed in some way. And of course, these changes might be might affect payment. That's another thing. So sequencing modifiers, you know, I've been asked many times, hey, Christine, what happens when I have two or three modifiers that need to be added to a particular CPT code? Uh, what, which way do I put them? So you should always report the modifiers by the order that it affects payment. Think about that. So if we're using a modifier 25, then that means we are unbundling the evaluation and management and the procedure or other service that was performed on the same day that was totally separate from each other, right? Um, modifier 25 does affect the way that, that that evaluation and management is paid, right? 
Um, without modifier 25, it could be considered a component of the procedure or service, and there might deny the evaluation and management without that modifier 25. Uh, a modifier 59, again, reports that these two procedure or services were totally different and distinct from each other and didn't have any overlapping components of that global surgical package. So it would affect the payment of that second procedure code that without the modifier may be reduced in payment or may be denied. So those modifiers would come first over maybe um, an, an anatomical modifier. So again, uh, they did an injection on a finger. So we're gonna have an F modifier, a Hixpix F modifier to indicate which finger was injected, right? And that finger modifier doesn't affect the payment one way or another. So we would report those modifiers second to um, maybe a modifier 25 or a modifier 59. Now, um, I'd like to take some questions from you. I'd like to see what's on your mind and what you want to talk about. Uh, we only have a short time together, so we only talk about a couple of modifiers, but there's a lot of great modifiers out there, and there's other modifiers that are underutilized that maybe we can talk about in the future. So let's take a look at your comments and let's see what questions that you have out there. So I have a message here from Kate. Kate says, that was one of my questions. Injections are considered minor procedures. So risk would be a level four. Well, that's talking about evaluation and management. Remember we talked about that last week, evaluation and management. And um, we did talk about minor and major procedures last week. And the uh, on the table of risk uh, for medical decision making, a minor surgery is considered to be a low. A minor surgery without identified risk factors, of course, is considered a low level of risk for the patient. We expect them to have a procedure and go home and recover well from it. And uh, hopefully that will be the end of the, the symptoms, at least for me, I'm hoping, right? And um, so, but if I had some sort of risk factors that was documented, then that might be a moderate um, risk. So that, that answers your question, Kate. Um, so Julia wants to know, are the modifiers that we discussed today, are those CPT modifiers or Hicks-Picks modifiers? So we did talk about um, CPT modifiers. 25 and 59 are CPT modifiers. Um, the, we do have Hicks-Picks modifiers, like I was saying, which finger, which finger would be a Hicks-Picks modifier so that we could identify that specifically. So you do have modifiers um, detailed in Appendix A of the CPT book. And in some Hicks-Picks books, now remember we have many different publishers of Hicks-Picks book. Um, in some Hicks-Picks books, there's also sections where um, they go into detail about the Hicks-Picks modifiers and have some examples. I know the AMA has an amazing Hicks-Picks book. And in the middle of that book, there are um, explanations and examples of when to use those Hicks-Pix modifiers. Let's see, um, going forward. So Kate, um, it depends. The, the debridement 
of that shoulder repair. Kate wants to know, are you saying that shoulder debridement would be inclusive of the repair? I'm not saying that. Um, if the documentation supports that extensive debridement needed to be done and we could report the code for debridement, right, then that debridement would have overlapping components of the global surgical package. And so modifier 59 may not be the most appropriate modifier to use. There might be a better modifier to use for that scenario, okay? To indicate that the two procedures were done at the same time. Um, let's see, Julia wants to know, as someone who is studying towards my CPC and CPB certs, how long did it take you to become familiar with the modifiers and the language in the diagnosis that would indicate a modifier is needed? Well, first thing, Julia, modifiers only go on CPT codes. They don't go on diagnosis codes right? So you'll have to remember that. Um, and, and you can also make that note right on your ICD-10 book and say, no modifiers and CPT, um, check for modifiers if they're needed. So you want to keep those two separately. And when you're looking at CPT documentation, you are looking to see whether or not there are any modifying factors. How long does it take to become familiar with a modifier? Uh, I'm a firm believer is in you don't need to know everything, but you do need to know when to find something. So anytime you're reading those um, progress notes or documentation notes, I want you to remember that we're looking for something that is outside of the usual CPT description. So they're saying that something else was done at this particular visit and it would be appropriate to report a modifier to indicate that. It's just going to take time. Read the modifiers in Appendix A of your CPT book and check out the descriptions of your HixPix modifiers in your HixPix book. Um, Julia also asks, who determines the risk factor, the provider or the coder? So um, a lot of providers still do their own coding. And so the provider might be the one who indicates that. Again, it always has to be supported in documentation. Uh, when it comes to a major or minor surgical procedure, your provider is the one who's going to decide whether it's a major or minor surgical procedure. And your provider will also give you the risk factors if there are. So risk factors would not be the usual risk factors that you would see on like the um, the 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 authorization that a patient signs. You know, we know that all surgeries have a potential of causing death, but that's not a risk factor specific to that particular patient. A risk factor might be if they have congestive heart failure or they have diabetes or they have another condition that would, it would change the risk for that patient in a surgical procedure. Okay, so let's see if there's any other <laughs> Kate, you are so sweet. Kate says practices should pay you to have a morning meeting with their billers and coders. Um, I am happy to do that. I'm on every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. and you can have your billers and coders um, reach out. So before I leave you, um, I know this one was cut a little bit short because we had that little technical difficulty there, but I do wanna leave you with some tips and tricks for modifiers. Um, I usually go through my modifier book and I find those important words. So again, when I'm looking at modifier 25, 
that the word separately identifiable. So that means to me that I can cut out the other service or the other procedure and the evaluation and management stands alone. The next tip I'm gonna tell you for modifier 25, check your NCCI edits. Are the, the, the evaluation and management and the procedure code. First, do they need a modifier? Because many of your procedures do not require a modifier. Think about um, a chest x-ray where you have an evaluation and management visit and a chest x-ray. A chest x-ray would not have its own evaluation and management to it. It's a test that's being done for a patient. So, and of course, payers could be a little you know, specific, they might need something from a payer's perspective, but from a coding perspective, it wouldn't be necessary to add a modifier 25 with a chest x-ray, right? There's no overlapping um, components there. So, because your chest x-ray in the radiology section is not subject to the surgical components, which would be the evaluation and management, that very first bullet under your global surgery components. So that, that's a big tip and trick for you is to, to, to utilize that. The NCCI also will provide you with the information on when two procedures could use a modifier, or they'll also provide you with information when two procedures should absolutely never, never, never be reported together at the same time. So uh, I can get really, really crazy and say you should never have an eye exam and a pap smear by the same doctor on the same day right? Kind of makes sense. Those two things would generally never happen. And I can't imagine a modifier that you could use to indicate that those two things happened at the same time, at the same encounter on the same day. Um, unless you were in some sort of a, a FQHC area or a rural health area where, where that would be the, the thing. But I digress. We're getting way off topic at this point. So um, tips and tricks there. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any other questions. And um, we are going to meet again next Thursday at 10 a.m. There will be a poll that's put out there on topics that you want to hear about. Uh, and please let me know what you want to hear about, and we'll have a chat about it, okay? So have a super week, an even better weekend, and I'll see you next week, guys. Cheers. Thanks for watching.